Global Capital Podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Global Capital Podcast. I'm Ralph Sinclair and I'm the editor of Global Capital. And I'm John Hay, the Corporate Finance and Sustainability Editor. This podcast will take you each week through some of the biggest and most interesting stories you need to know about for your week ahead. And if you want to read more about what we're discussing today, please go to globalcapital.com. Central bank policy is changing, and we're not talking about reducing asset purchases or raising interest rates either. The prioritisation of environmental, social and governance concerns in institutional decision-making has reached the European Central Bank. Of course, it is still focused on inflation. It changed its target for that this week, but it has also decided that combating climate change is now of strategic importance for its mandate, in the words of its president, Christine Lagarde. Meanwhile, the European Commission, fresh from publishing its taxonomy on sustainable economic activities, has obviously discovered a taste for making rules about sustainability. It has this week indicated that it is about to increase the regulation of vast tracts of the sustainable finance landscape. This will undoubtedly be good news for lawyers and perhaps the paper and forestry industries, ironically. But how will it impact capital markets? And more importantly, will it make any difference in fighting climate change? John, uh, in summary, what's the Commission planning? Well, it's very difficult to summarise, but essentially this is a second wave of sustainable finance regulation after the first one in 2018. And bear in mind that until March 2018, sustainable finance in most of the world except China was basically unregulated. You, It was being pursued and invented by market practitioners themselves as they saw best. Um, now, since 2018, the authorities in Europe have decided they needed to regulate it and they've put in place a whole raft of legislation covering different aspects such as defining what counts as a green activity, making investors disclose how they take account of environmental and social issues, and making companies disclose what they do as well. But now they feel that this hasn't gone far enough and a lot more laws are needed. Okay, and but is it fair to say that the ECB's new plans could actually affect some parts of the capital markets even more than what the Commission is planning to do? It's, that's a very interesting question. Certainly the markets, and that means particularly the debt capital markets, pay enormous attention to the ECB. It's extremely influential, particularly through the asset purchases it's been doing, um, which in, in the corporate world has gone on since 2016, basically buying large sums of bonds to suppress interest rates. And um, by buying all these bonds, they inevitably influence the corporate bond market and securities that are on the ECB's list for buying trade more tightly. It makes a big difference. And if the ECB were to start tilting its corporate bond purchases towards greener securities, that would inevitably influence the market. It would influence how companies can fund themselves. Do we have any colour on how the ECB is going to tilt its purchasing? How does it how does it decide what counts as a suitably green company to invest in? I think there's something about disclosures. Well, this is the big question. Um, at the moment, we don't know. And the ECB doesn't know yet either. They, they've said they're going to study it. The work of studying and, and exploring this question has, has already begun, but they don't want to say too much about 
what the result's going to be. Um, but it, but it's clear now, absolutely clear, that they are going to do some sort of tilting or haircut. So somehow they'll have to distinguish between companies that count as, as greener and those that count as more polluting. And the emphasis, it, it seems, is on is actually on the bad end of the scale. The thing that the ECB has been criticized for is buying a lot of bonds of heavy polluters so that, in fact, its bond portfolio, if you analyze it, is more heavily polluting than not just the bond market as a whole, but even the energy sector. Is the ECB the right body to do this? Well, it's not very well placed to be an arbiter of what is an environmentally satisfactory company and what isn't. And certainly, it's also politically difficult for the ECB because everything it does is scrutinized minutely and countries that feel they're getting a raw deal um, will will protest loudly. So the ECB is going to have to use some very objective standard to determine which which companies to favor and, and which to disfavor. The first thing it could do is look at disclosures. That's a sort of more objective way of, of tackling the problem and it, and it doesn't involve saying which companies are, are better than others, just which disclose more. Now, the ECB has definitely said that it's going to require companies to, to have better disclosure in order to be part of its collateral framework. This means that banks can use those bonds as collateral for borrowing from the ECB. Um, and so by 2024, companies that don't disclose well on environmental and social issues won't be eligible for use as collateral. Now, that sounds good, but the EU is legislating anyway to require disclosures. So in fact, in within the EU, it's probably not going to make much difference. Now, Christine Lagarde, the president of the ECB, did give one hint at the press conference, which was she said that the ECB's disclosure requirements might be more stringent even than the ones the EU is going to put in place. And if, if it did that, that would have some significance. But even so, I think the direction of travel in the corporate world is towards much better environmental and social disclosure. And the pace at which the ECB is going on this is quite slow. So I don't think it's going to make all that much difference. One area where it could make a difference is to actually foreign companies outside the EU, which do want their bonds to be eligible as collateral in the euro system. But corporate bonds are just a fraction of what the ECB is involved in. There's no mention here of the government bond market, securitization or covered bonds, which the ECB buys vast swathes of. That's right. I think the lack of mention of covered bonds and securitization is a bit surprising since those are asset classes where it is actually quite possible to determine what the money is being used for and therefore how green it is. So I would actually expect that within the next year or two, the ECB will start to look at those in a green way as well. But when it comes to sovereign bonds, the issue is very difficult. And I'm not surprised the ECB has left it out. From a theoretical point of view, of course, you can think about how green different countries are and whether they're progressing well towards low carbon economy. But within the EU, it's extremely politically difficult. And if the EU, sorry, the ECB were, for example, to say, you know, we're giving a lower weighting to country X because it's not progressing on decarbonisation as fast as country Y, it would cause such a stink that 
it just wouldn't be worth it. One thing that I thought was interesting in the uh, ECB plans, uh, not least because it's something we've we've opined upon at Global Capital for some some time, is that amongst these disclosures, it also plans to make banks disclose more about the environmental impact of their um, own portfolios. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, this in a way is quite surprising to see in the monetary policy announcement because this is happening anyway through the supervisory responsibilities of the ECB and other central banks. Certainly, all banks are going to have to disclose the carbon footprints of what they finance. And it's really astonishing that they haven't done so already. A few, such as ABN AMRO, are pioneers and have done it for several years. But most of the big banks claim that they can't produce these figures yet. Um, they say it's too difficult or they don't. But really, I think it's that they don't. None of them wants to look out of line with its peers. And therefore, you know, regulators are going to have to force the pace, as indeed they already are. Um, so I wasn't sure that there was anything particularly new in that announcement from the ECB, but it's certainly absolutely core to greening the financial system. I suppose another thing that's always easy to criticise when it comes to public policy making is the timing. Um, I think you said that the corporate disclosures wouldn't have to take place until 2024. Um, and throughout the uh, various sort of commission and uh, ECB announcements this week, there are things that aren't really going to happen until 2023 and 2024. Now, of course, there needs to be periods of consultation and these things need to be thought through properly and all the rest of it. But um, has there been any sort of criticism that this is maybe going to take a bit too long? Absolutely. I mean, especially environmental organisations, those who are really thinking about what what is actually happening to the climate are very worried. It, it is much too slow. You know, we need to be, the EU itself has committed to cutting carbon emissions 55% from 1990 levels by 2030. I mean, that already is a pretty tough target. Environmentalists know that it's not ambitious enough, of course, and so they're desperate for the these financial signals that they believe are going to steer the capital markets and banking towards greener assets should be put in place as soon as possible. Some of the things that the Commission has talked about this week are regulating ESG labelled transactions, so transition bonds and sustainability linked bonds, and also doing more around green bond prospectuses. We've talked before on this podcast about sustainability linked bonds and maybe touched upon transition bonds. And these are new products uh, and the market is finding its way to what is an acceptable target for a company to have on a sustainability linked bond and where what how much stomach it has i suppose for financing brown industries that want to be seen to be turning green given how early this market is in its development do we really need further regulation and what sort of plans does the commission have in mind my personal view is that a lot of this regulation isn't really necessary if you take green bonds, for example, the market is mushroomed. It is grown from from nothing in 2007 to really approaching a trillion dollars. And this has happened without the help of regulation. 
people are obsessed with the idea of greenwashing and the fear that there'll be greenwashing and investors will be misled but it it hasn't really happened very much the there are incentives built into the market that that should correct that and fundamentally the really important thing is that investors themselves should engage their brains and think about what is green and what isn't for themselves because this is much too complex a subject to ever really be defined in my view now a, a lot of people disagree with that and they think things like the taxonomy and green bond standard and so on are important and you know i respect those views and they they are dominant in the market but certainly the things i think that are most powerful that the commission is trying to do are some of the more basic ones and these concern disclosures making companies disclose proper information in a systematic way about what they do and the responsibilities there's a problem in the market with uh, people avoiding responsibility and you know money is invested through a long chain of different participants and nobody takes whole responsibility for how investment choices are made and the result is they're made without responsible considerations being taken into account we just invest to make money because it's easy to show what that is and this is being reformed now well that's that's interesting isn't it um yeah we've we've said i think the other week that ultimately this comes down to investors allocating capital they have the ultimate sanction over all of this and what counts as a good standard for i suppose their end investors and what they want to put their money in uh something that the commission talked about this week which i think you've just touched upon is uh double materiality which sounds like a terrible game show but uh <laughs> is in fact getting investors to I guess step away from that that old saw they always used to churn out of uh, especially especially US investors of uh, claiming fiduciary duty overall um, yeah. that all they were concerned about was returns and you know as we've said before it's all they're qualified to talk about um, what has the commission said about double materiality well this is hugely important I mean I, I, I actually think we could we are sort of close to a turning point in the history of finance and that that could I very well know turn out to be silly and naive and and look ridiculous in in future however the concept of double materiality basically means you have to think about not just environmental and social issues and how they could affect the performance of my investments which is the way a lot of responsible investors and ESG investors have conceived of it up to now but also what are my investments going to do to the outside world and if you think about it that is just simple morality if if I make an action in the world it, it has an effect on others and thinking about that is just basic ethics and to restore that consideration to respectability within the investment world is is a huge step and it challenges the orthodoxy that's prevailed for 40 years now uh, and fiduciary duty itself which simply means the responsibility to do the best by those who've invested money with you is going to be redefined not in a sort of revolutionary way but the authorities are going to clarify that this actually includes not just how much money uh, your savers are going to make but 
whether they're going to have a livable world to retire into because there's not much point having a double the size pension if you can't breathe the air and the sea level's risen. I suppose in this instance, you could argue that regulation is unhelpful because if you want double materiality to take hold and for people who invest money to be engaged in what they're investing in beyond simply whether it makes returns or not, you want them to be able to, or you want to force them to really think about what they're buying. I would suggest that if you allow people to hide behind excessive rules and regulations as to what is deemed to be, let's say, a green investment, then you're really letting them off the hook. And if you get those rules wrong, and these rules, of course, as we saw with the development of the EU taxonomy, these rules are complicated, they're politically influenced, and you apply a a sort of a common standard over a vast amount of territory, they're not necessarily going to do what they should do. They seem to work better as guidelines to me rather than hard and fast rules. Similarly, if you were to be able to delegate all of your responsibility uh, to an ESG rating agency, you know, while those ratings might be helpful and a good guide, you are really saying, I'm not, I'm not thinking about the consequences. I'm just ticking a box to make sure I have the highest rating from an ESG rating agency. I mean, do you think, do you think that's fair? Do you think this is something that maybe the commission shouldn't or should deliberately not regulate on? Yes, I think it's an extremely difficult area. We are definitely in unknown territory. This has never been done before. And what the effects will be, nobody can say. So I agree. I also have concerns about um, over-regulating and, and exactly as you say, replacing thought in the investor community with rules. And, and also just with sort of hedging everybody about with so many rules and reports and and regulations that they have no freedom of action so uh, i think we do need to approach it with trepidation and and with care and um in a way that goes against the idea that we need to do it fast christine lagarde said this week that the ecb's policies were not just words 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 there is no doubt that her institution and the European Commission believe in the seriousness of the climate emergency and their responsibility to do something about it. But it seems it will be a long time before any of the new measures announced this week bear fruit. For a full analysis, much more detail and a healthy dose of words, words, words about what the ECB and the Commission said this week and much, much more besides, head to globalcapital.com. Thanks to John for joining me and to Gerald Hayes, our producer, for editing this podcast. We'll be back next week with more stories from the capital markets. Goodbye. Goodbye.